Okay, we're going to be over there in a minute or two. If you turn to First um, Corinthians chapter twelve, First Corinthians chapter twelve, I'm going to do a little uh, review. Um, this is part two on the subject of um, what will heaven really be like, and we're going to take a glance into the Word of God. We started last week by mentioning what we will be like when we're in heaven. Uh, the Word of God is very clear. Uh, it says very clearly that when He appears, 1 John 3, 2, <clears throat> pardon me, at the time of the rapture, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him, as mentioned in the song, we shall see the Lord Jesus as He is. In other words, we're going to have resurrection bodies. We're going to have bodies that uh, are um, like Christ and don't need medical attention, um, we're going to be totally healed. We're going to have the, the strength that the Lord gives us for all of eternity. Um, no suffering, pain, sorrow. You've heard these things, and we've looked at them uh, on a number of occasions. We started with what's going to be like in heaven. Well, we will be there with glorified bodies. And another key passage on that, which is a, an encouragement passage for you, is Philippians 3.21. Uh, an encouragement passage if there ever was one for our citizenship is in heaven it's in heaven where we also eagerly wait for the Savior the Lord Jesus Christ who shall change our lowly bodies that they might be conformed to his glorious body so um, when you think of heaven think of the fact that not only are you going to, you, you going to be there because of your faith in Christ but you're going to have a body that will suffer no more pain, no more sorrow, no more death, and never experience it again. It's an amazing promise. He shall change our lowly bodies that they may be conformed to his glorious resurrection body. As a result of that study last week, we concluded knowing about heaven. There's um, good perspective that God gives to us. Uh, it helps us to realize that the suffering and the trouble in this life that we may experience is only going to be temporary. It helps us to have clear priorities. Remember the Lord Jesus? He said, uh, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. In other words, as you live for Christ down here, it's equipping you and preparing you for service in heaven uh, in the glory and the presence of the Lord. And also, when you understand that there's a real heaven, and as a believer, you will go there. Uh, when we go there, we will have a, a experience a judgment of our works, the things that we do here. And now, again, it's not a judgment with regards to sin. It's a judgment with regards to our works. And um, the Bible's very clear on this, 1 Corinthians 3, 2 Corinthians, um, 2 Corinthians 5. Um, the judgment that we will experience, the Lord's going to talk to us about how we used our gifts and our talents and our abilities here for his glory. So the three conclusions we had last week is an, a good understanding of heaven gives us real perspective on trouble and suffering. It's very limited and uh, there's no comparison even to the suffering that we have here in this life to the glory that will be revealed in Christ. Clear priorities. The Lord says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven and also for the um, fact that the lost will be judged, but we will be judged on the basis of our works. The lost will go into eternal condemnation. 
uh, very sad. Uh, last week we also looked at um, Revelation 21, and we saw that there was actually six new things in that passage. There's a new heaven, a new earth, the new Jerusalem, a new world order, order where the Lord says, Behold, I make all things new. And when the Apostle John, by the way, was recording this, these truths about heaven in the future. I mean, I don't know what his writing implement was, but he actually probably laid down whatever it was. And the Lord had to say, now look, keep writing, because these things are true. And heaven is going to be a very awesome and glorious place. Um, verse 5 of uh, 21. And then also there's going to be uh, no temple there, there's going to be a new temple, and that new temple is the Lord Himself. The Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple, and uh, there's going to be new light. The city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it, for the glory of the Lord is going to be the light of heaven, and that is going to be something awesome to see. And that's what we covered last week. Now, I'd like for you to do this uh, this morning. I'd like for us to go over, before we go back to Revelation, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, there's a reason we're going to look at this for just a minute together. Notice the words of the apostle. He says, it is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. And certainly the apostle Paul received these. And now he says in verse 2, for 2 Corinthians 12, 2. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, and by the way, he's referring to himself. Whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows, such a one was caught up to the third heaven. There's the um, throne of God, the throne room of God area of heaven. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. Let me, let me pause there for a minute. The apostles simply say, I don't know if it was a vision or the Lord took me there. That's what he's saying. I don't know. And a lot of people speculate and they say, well, it was this or this. He says, I don't know. But it was probably a vision. And uh, we'll talk about this in just a minute. But his point is he's making it clear. But he was there. He saw what, what is going to be in glory. Things that we will see. All right? Now watch this carefully. Verse 3, how he was caught up into paradise. There's another name for heaven. He heard inexpressible words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. He said, I heard inexpressible words. So there were things to hear in heaven, right? And he says, those things were so astonishing, I can't even express them. Now, you and I know that there are people who are writing books and they claim to have had experiences out of the body and have gone to heaven, or experiences out of the body and gone to hell. The wise thing to do is to um, rely on what's described in the Bible about heaven and what's described in the Bible about hell. Now, I haven't read any of these books, okay? But I've talked to some people who did, and they'd say things like, well, did you know? And I say, I haven't read the book. But I have read this book, and I know what heaven's like according to this book, okay? So um, that's one of the reasons I'm doing this. The Apostle Paul said, I have heard things so astonishing and outstanding that, that they cannot be expressed in words, 
Uh, your translation may have inexpressible words. Things that no human is allowed to tell. Uh, I believe the uh, New King James says it's not lawful for me to tell. In other words, the idea is um, these are things which humans at this time and at the time Paul had that vision and was in the presence of God. He says there's, there's things I just can't tell you now. But there are things in the Word of God which the Apostle John revealed to us as we turn over to um, Revelation chapters 21 and 22. And here's where we get the description of what heaven is really like. And as you're turning there, you'll remember from last week, 21, uh, that the Apostle John says, I saw new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. This earth that we're in now is going to be burned up. Everything. But there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth and I, John, verse 2, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, and that's going to be the capital of the, um, the new order in the future. And we will be living in the new Jerusalem, as it's described in Revelation 21 and 22. In fact, I believe we will hear the words of Christ that are recorded in um, the Gospel, uh, where he says, um, Come... O blessed of my Father, into the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Uh, one thing I know for sure, you say, well, you're going to hear those exact words. I don't know if we're going to hear those exact words. But when the Lord calls us in the rapture, we're going up. Okay, it's pretty clear, right? And uh, you can imagine your neighbors are going to look for you and they're going to say, you know, where, where's John and Kay? I haven't seen them for days. Being glory. We're going to be caught up to meet. And, and please keep in mind, we know that all, uh, not everybody um, holds to the view that there's a, a rapture. But I believe we are correctly interpreting the word of God. Uh, the word caught up means literally a whole generation of living believers are going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air and be with loved ones as well. Uh, it's going to be an awesome event. Something that's very important, too, in relationship to heaven, and I'm bringing these things in because I feel they're important to keep in mind as we're thinking about our future and glory with the Lord. I'll mention various things along the way here this morning. Um, we read in Isaiah 65:17. if you take notes, just jot the reference down, where the Lord said this, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. Remember, Apostle John said, I saw a new heaven, new earth. Well, even in the Old Testament... You see, even in the Old Testament, through the prophet Isaiah, the Lord speaks and says, I create new heavens and new earth, and that's future from us today. Now, don't, don't miss this phrase, okay? For the former things shall not be remembered nor come to mind. Now, I'm going to repeat that. The former shall not be remembered nor come to mind. And here's the little phrase I want you to remember. There's no bad memories in heaven. Got it? No bad memories. You're not going to be in heaven and say, oh, you know, I, I still remember what I did there. And I still. No. Absolutely not. The other important thing is, and people can grapple with this and you can think it through, uh, what about when we get to heaven if there's someone not there 
that you thought were going to be there? Are you going to be having bad memories and have a bad time? Well, what does the verse say? What does the verse say? Isaiah 65, 17. Behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, for the former shall not be remembered nor come to mind. So things which happened here, people who were here, the Lord has the ability to work in our minds and our thinking. In fact, he renews our minds. In fact, the Bible tells us in Romans 12, 2, and that's one of the reasons we need to read our Bibles often, that the Word of God renews our minds. And so when we're in heaven, the Lord will be renewing our mind. Now I want us to drop back a little bit more and remember the basic things that we know about heaven. Because what you know about heaven, there may be multitudes of people out here or even teens and children who have not been taught things about heaven. Okay? The Word of God is very clear. It's the place where God dwells. Isaiah 66, 1, the Lord said, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. The Lord Jesus, when he taught us to pray, he said, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven. And I like to think of that, I really do, uh, that when we pray here, our prayers are going all the way up to the throne room of God. That's awesome. <laughs> he hears us and he knows. And his central location, you say, Well, God is present everywhere. It's true, he's omnipresent. But he's pleased to um, have us to understand that um, his place in heaven is the place from which he blesses us. Our Father in heaven. God is present everywhere, but he especially manifests his presence to bless us from heaven. And the Lord is awesome in doing this. Heaven is an actual place. Back to the basics again. God's there. It's an actual place. And you say, well, why, why do we want to say that again this morning? Because there are people who write, and I see these articles from time to time, or I hear it on the radio, and they say, well, it's a state of mind. Heaven is not a state of mind. Okay? It's not a state of mind. It's an actual place. The Bible tells us uh, in Acts chapter 1, verse 11, this same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you have seen him go up into heaven. When Jesus ascended up, the angel came and was very clear to mention to those who were there, the disciples who were there, that he ascended up to a place in heaven. And he's coming back again from there. And of course, you know John 14 very, very well, where the Lord Jesus says, I go to repair a place for you. And I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. I go to prepare a place for you. Heaven, obviously, is an actual place where we will see again the Lord Jesus Christ in his physical, oh, there it is, in his physical resurrected body. You say, well, why are you saying physical? Because he said to the disciples, remember, um, look at my hands. Touch my side. It is a spiritual body. In other words, the, the blood that flows through our bodies will not be in our bodies in heaven. It will be the life of God sustaining our new resurrection bodies. But they are still going to be bodies. 
and we will recognize one another in glory. Great truths, very great truths. Heaven's going to be an awesome place, and I, I tuck this in as well for a good reason. Things that I've heard this past week. Sometimes people get depressed, okay? And uh, we're going to look at that subject again sometime down the road here. And uh, what does it mean to be depressed? Well, it means that the, the discouragement level is very heavy. In fact, uh, I like to think of it this way. Everybody gets discouraged from time to time and draw a line. Here's discouragement and it comes down and stops at this line. But depression goes under the line. In other words, it's where things weigh down, depressed. They burden you so much um, that, that affects your thinking and your ability to do things. And God doesn't want us to be depressed. He, he doesn't even want us to be discouraged. He wants us to be encouraged. He wants us to know that he's sovereign in control of all things. He really does. And uh, the point is this. The fact that heaven will be so wonderful should not tempt us, someone who's discouraged or depressed, to take shortcuts to get the glory. We shouldn't do that. As long as God keeps us here on earth, this is exactly where he wants us to be. Right here, right now. In fact, our lives here on earth our time here on earth is like a training camp to make us actually ready for heaven. And that's why God leaves us here. And we've said this, I think we touched on it last week as well. Uh, we, we don't like trials. Trials hurt. There are things that come into our life. But we have to learn to get our thinking adjusted and realize that Jesus Christ, our God and our Savior, is Lord over all. And we're here for a reason. In fact, you could say it this way too. God allows the trials that come. And again, I'm, I'm on the same page with you. Don't like trials. Uh, sometimes they're very painful. And we all have different kinds, physical pain, emotional pain, relational uh, problems. These things can be very hard on us. But our lives here on earth, our lives here on earth, are a training camp to make us ready for heaven and what you should say is now where's the verse for that again well that verse is hebrews 10 14 where it says for by one offering has he perfected forever positionally those who are being sanctified in other words positionally before god when you were saved you're ready for heaven but now while you're still here and while i'm still here it's god's timing and he's preparing us with the trials and with the needs. He's preparing us to be in glory with him. And this is really neat. If you're taking notes and jotting references down, I love Psalm 138, verse 8, where it says, The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. So please keep that in mind. The Lord is going to work in our lives, in your life. And he's going to allow things to happen, some things to happen. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to encourage you. He's going to enable you because he's going to bring to perfection what he wants to accomplish in your life. Um, what's that? Uh, Philippians chapter 1. Uh, the, uh, the Apostle Paul talks about being made perfect 
in Christ Jesus. God's working in our lives. Quickly now we're going over to uh, Revelation chapter 22, which was read for us this morning. And there we see six awesome descriptions of what heaven's going to be like. Remember we started out by saying we've got to go by the word of God when it talks about what heaven is like. All right, let's take a look at these again. You'll notice 22.1, Then he showed me a pure river of water, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the, and of the Lamb. Now, we've heard this many times that there's a lot of symbolism in the book of Revelation. There's also literal things that are mentioned in the book of Revelation. So the question really is now, uh, is this going to be a literal river or is this just a description of what the Apostle John is seeing and telling us something about God? All right? My view on it, my view, I like rivers. I love rivers. I like to, you know, take the paddle, canoe. I like to see rivers. But you know what? Lots of people do. Did you ever hear somebody say, hey, we're going to go have a picnic out in the middle of the desert? They don't do that, do they? Where do they want to go? By a river. Where are people on the holidays? They're by Lake Louisville. They're by a river somewhere. There's something about it, the water and uh, knowing that it's a provision from God. I believe there will be a literal uh, river that we'll see. However, the point is, is, people say, well, what about if there's some symbolism here? The symbolism, again, would be that flowing from God comes life-giving and sustaining substance. In other words, in heaven, here's God and the throne of God, and he is going to continue throughout all eternity, make sure that your needs are supplied in your resurrection body. You're not going to have a need for a doctor. You're not going to have a need for someone to encourage you. You're going to have the Lord. You will see Christ, and that's worthy of an amen. Wow. We're going to see Jesus face to face. We'll talk about this in just a minute as well. So the first one he talks about is the uh, river of the water of life. And my interpretation is I believe there's going to be a literal river. But it is symbolic of the fact that the Lord sends out and sustains us. Secondly, there's the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. Now, you remember when Adam and Eve sinned, they were forbidden to eat of the tree of life. Genesis chapter 3. Remember that? The text is clear, both the Genesis and this passage, that the eating of the fruit of the tree of life makes a person live forever. And so God didn't want Adam and Eve to live forever in the state in which they were when they disobeyed God. And so he barred them from coming to the tree of life. It's real interesting to consider. The tree of life is going to be there. You're going to be able to see these trees. And you're going to say, this is is what was in the Garden of Eden. Uh, this, This is that which God has created. You have to look at the text and say, what's it saying? What's he seeing here? I know it says also in there that the leaves of the tree are for the nations. Now, uh, many texts read for the healing of the nations. Um, There are those who feel that the better translation would be there, the well-being of the nations. In other words, again, if you take the symbolism of the fact that the tree is there, the tree of life, why is it there? Because 
Back in this world in which we're living, nations are at war with one another. There's tremendous conflict. But what he's saying is there's not going to be that conflict with people from different nations of the earth when they're together in glory. And when you have the new earth with different locations of people, they're not going to be at each other's throat, especially during the um, millennial kingdom. And But on into eternity itself. Very interesting. You look at this and you say, well, that's what the text says. It says the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. I believe we will see the trees of life, the tree of life. The third thing, no longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city. That's the New Jerusalem where we will be spending time. His servants shall serve him there. No longer will there be any curse. Verse 3. Okay? After Adam and Eve sinned, there was the curse. And so into the human family comes sickness and death. There will be no sickness and death in heaven. We're going to be feeling great for all eternity. We're going to have resurrection bodies. It's going to be an awesome thing. No longer will there be any curse. And then number four, verse four, they shall see his face and his name will be upon their foreheads. In other words, this is very easy to understand. We're going to see the Lord Jesus Christ face to face. We're going to recognize the Lord. We're going to see him. We're going to see the nail prints in his hands. He's in a literal resurrection body. And you remember that blind hymn writer, Fanny Crosby. She wrote that hymn, Face to Face with Christ my Savior. Face to face in all his glory. I will see him by and by. I'm going to see the Lord. And fifthly, there will be no more night. Now, uh, some people like nighttime. I mean, uh, burglars and thieves. (laughs) And we can enjoy the night when we see the stars and the planets. and It's to be enjoyed. But in heaven, what's the text say? No more night. They will not need the light of the lamp nor of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light. God himself will. Is light, and in him is no darkness at all. When he appeared, even in Old Testament times, his appearance when God would speak like to Moses in the burning bush, there was light, and it looked like the bush was on fire. There, there's the glory of God, and it's going to be awesome to be in heaven and to know and to understand. And this is hard for us to imagine. You know, right now we have lights on and it's daytime. And if we turn the lights out, we say, well, you know, it's not as bright in here as we'd like to have it. But in heaven, there's going to be light. And uh, it's just going to be something to know that the light is created by the glory of our God and our Savior. How awesome that really will be. Then the sixth phrase there in verse 5, and they shall reign forever and ever. And I'm not going to talk a lot about reigning with Christ. I think uh, you put two things together when you're talking about reigning with Christ. Yes, we will reign with him. 
In fact, there's a passage that says we'll be judging angels, and there's a passage that says that believers will be reigning over cities. But I like to think in terms of reigning with Christ, in terms of bringing that other verb in there of we're serving the Lord. In other words, in heaven, we're going to be busy. There's going to be things to do. We're not going to be up there strumming harps all the time. I can't read music anyway. Um, we're not going to be strumming harps. I like to hear a harp, by the way. But that's not it at all. We're going to be busy. We're going to be serving the Lord. Um, and we're going to be wanting to do the things that he asks us to do. It's just so awesome to notice uh, the text of Scripture. And his servant shall serve him. In fact, let's do a quick review and we'll close in prayer. Things we should remember about heaven. Number one, there's fellowship with God. 1 Corinthians 13, 12. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. 1 John 3, 2. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when he shall appear, we shall be like him. That's how we started this whole study. We said, what's heaven going to be like? Well, let me first tell you what I'm going to be like. I'm going to be there, and I'm going to see the Lord face to face, and I'm going to have a body that's like his. Secondly, it's going to be a life of rest. Revelation 14, 13. Blessed are the dead who dies in the Lord, says the Spirit. For they shall rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. I had the privilege of speaking at my father's funeral. And a funeral memorial service. And I used that reference. Because my dad was a hard working guy. He really was. And many of your parents were as well. And many of you are as well. And he really worked hard. He worked two jobs. And um, that's one of the things I remember about him. It's just hard working. And when he died, I said, oh, boy, and dad's not going to have to come home tired and try to regain. He's resting with the Lord. And uh, he knew the Lord as his Savior. In fact, my dad uh, took me aside one day um, before I went off to uh, Dallas Seminary. And he... Um, sat me down and he said you know I said I want you to remember and uh, I still remember this and this is great when as parents or grandparents you can do this and he sat down with me on the couch and he said um, I know you're heading down to Dallas and he said I want you to remember that um, I know Jesus is my savior and I'm going to see you up there boy isn't that good to know when you have your family see you up there in glory um I can remember other things he said. He says, I haven't always lived for the Lord. I haven't always done what God even asked me to do. But I'll see you up there in glory. Oh, boy. It's a life of rest. Just quickly, I'm going to pick it up. It's a life of joy. In your presence, Lord, is the fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. And that's why uh, when you have your quiet time at home, when you're looking at the Word of God, and you're seeing what it says in the book of Job. Ask the animals. You're encouraged as you read the scriptures because you're in the presence of the Lord. And in his presence, there's the fullness of joy. I talked to someone not too long ago, and they said, in fact, um, it was a man at the state fair. And he said this. He said, uh, boy, he said, I'm glad you're here. And I said, I'm glad I'm here too. And he said, um, I've been out of fellowship for about 20 years. I haven't been going to church. Haven't been reading my Bible, haven't been praying, and I had prayer with him. And I said, you know, boy, you're going to be going uphill in your life if you, you 
promise the Lord and you ask for his enablement to get you back into the word of God, back into fellowship at church, and back in, mainly back into fellowship with him. In, Lord, in your presence is the fullness of joy. It's a life of service. We talked about that. Um, his servant shall serve him. And you know, when you see that little phrase, by the way, in the book of Revelation 22, verse 3, his servant shall... We, we always need to keep that in mind because it's so easy if we get distracted in our service for the Lord. If we forget the things that we do, teaching a class, working with children, serving in the nursery, things that we do... Uh, well, I'm just doing this. No. What we do, we want to do for him, don't we? We really do. We're, his servant shall... And when you get to heaven, the Lord's going to say, uh, by the way, here's something I would like you to... And you're going to say, I'm, I'm ready and able <laughs> because of you, Lord, to do that as well. It's awesome. Heaven is an awesome place. It's a wonderful place to be. In fact, um, we're going to meet up there. We're going to be in glory together. And because the future of the believer is so wonderful, the Lord says, in the book of Revelation, by the way, that we have a responsibility. In fact, it's in Revelation 22, verse 17. Notice it says, 22:17, And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and the bride say, Come. Who's the bride? The church. There's my responsibility. The Holy Spirit's going to work. He's going to work through believers. He's going to convict people. There's a place in heaven that you need to go to. You should go there. And not the other place, the lake of fire. You should go to heaven. Well, that's our message. You see, you can go to heaven through the Lord Jesus Christ who gave his life on the cross. You see, it says clearly, the spirit and the bride say, come. So the next time you have an opportunity to talk to someone who doesn't know Jesus, be encouraged. That's exactly what the Lord wants you to do. And, um, you know, you have to get to the place where you say, Lord, I'm willing to just say something. I'm willing to give a tract to somebody who doesn't know Jesus. And you give them a tract because that's what the Lord wants you to do. Because the Spirit and the bride say, come. There's an awesome eternity to be lived in fellowship with God. Let's pray together.